Welcome to the Fizzle Show. We're like the situation room for a community of bootstrapped, gritty, gutsy folks who earn a living doing meaningful, independent work. Your hosts are Corbett Barr. If we were HBO's uh, series, amazing series, True Detective, he'd be Woody Harrelson's character. Bright mind, but, but still in touch with real life. Really thinks we've got this thing licked. Chase Reeves, he'd be Matthew McConaughey's character. Bright mind, not at all in touch with real life, and thinks we're not even close to solving this thing. And Caleb Wojcik, he'd be the two detectives interviewing Chase and Corbett, just looking to get to the truth. Frankly, getting fed up with all the smoking and drinking and little Lone Star men. In this episode, how do you know what is the most important thing to work on right now? It's a huge question, and actually, I mean, you you for sure have felt the rub of that. There's great stuff in this conversation about that, including uh, an extended golf metaphor that actually, I think, kind of works. And a rapid-fire list of about nine immediate tips that you can start doing right now. I'll be back after this, so let's get into it. Do it. I still hear it coming. <laughs> Can we leave that in? We, start with we that? can. So, uh, just in case you didn't know this, people, we uh, we actually start each show by clapping because we all record in separate locations. And this time, Corbett, of course, being the uh, the innovator that he is, right. decides to instead hit his face. And I can see this because for the first time in several months, folks, I am in the same room with Corbett Barr. Yes, that's right. Ta-da! Yes, yes, that's right. How you doing over there? Are you smelling yourself? Yeah, I just... You got your flannel on, you're sitting by the window. Yep. Waiting for the construction truck to move away. Oh, this is true. my life. And Caleb's sitting down there in lonely San Diego. Caleb, how is San Diego? Oh, that's wonderful. And I'm standing, remember? We got the big uh, brouhaha oh. after everyone found out that we yeah. like... Yeah. Chase is sitting like a hypocrite. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't say that, actually. That was Caleb's oh. point. That was Caleb's point. And I and I, uh, I think I've recorded everything sitting down, except for the last... Uh, seven or so because i've gotten a stand-up desk since then but uh i'm always no, normally when we whenever all our original ones the ones that people used to actually like you know back in the day <laughs> back when the show was good when we were drinking negronis right. and just getting sort of crazy a little kid in the background going crazy Luda! <laughs> that's uh that's when we were all sitting and it was corbett and i in this in this room in the mission in san francisco like red-faced and going Sweetie. like how far into this are we <laughs> We have 15 minutes. It feels like it's been like two hours. Gravity's stronger here. <laughs> Gravity's a weird word. <laughs> so, um, Caleb has put together the idea for this topic today, and I'm excited about it. I've got some notes together. Corbett, of course, is just going to wing it because that's how he rolls. And uh, <laughs> Caleb's going to kind of coach us through this through this whole thing and make it a real smooth process for you. You know, it's interesting. I've been I've been like, I mean, we we publish a, a podcast every single week. You know. Yep. And for a year, the, almost, almost, almost a year. Uh, if you did, if you missed it last week, uh, episode fifty-two was our year anniversary, almost, uh, because we fifty-two weeks in a year, clearly. But we, we, anyways, it's almost fifty-two, almost, almost fifty-two weeks. But uh, we went through uh, how many things was there, Caleb? Twenty-four. Yep. Twenty-four things that we we learned in our first year of podcasting. Things we wish we would have known. If you haven't seen that, make sure you check it out. We'll put it in the show notes. Um, it's a good one. And one of the things that Caleb's referencing is, is we were we were standing instead of sitting, and a lot of people got interested in that. And I feel I feel like people like uh, a lot of people also 
I don't think they, they listened to the episode because it's really amazing that I sing in the beginning of it to the trance Look song. Look to the sky. <laughs> Look to the sky. <laughs> if you're building a business, <laughs> we'll get to the heart oh, of it. <laughs> I'm stuck in my head it. for like a year. <laughs> and then we'll look to the sky. <laughs> Cause your heart is a part of it. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? God, I love it. I literally uh, sat there and good. just recorded a bunch of times, just whatever <laughs> words that came, that came to mind. That's good. And did it. And so Fizzler Levi Whalen last episode made a made a, 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 a like an EDM dance song to our to our podcast song. It's awesome. Sorry, this is all the part that people don't like. You know, people say they don't like this part. And this is us just learning, just literally getting started. Oh yeah, just, We're just warming up. We're just warming up. Folks. Warming up. Whew. Getting in, getting into the feel yeah. of things. I'm touching my toes because I'm standing. Yeah. You know, we should just tell people to tune in at five minutes in or so. Yeah, it's normally about sixteen. But then sometimes you miss out on the nuggets. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, in the hot tips. There are some serious nugs. There are some serious nugs in this thing. So we do have a good topic for today. I feel like this is a place that a lot of people in Fizzle and a lot of people on the Sparkline and, and listeners to the podcast are in, where they have an idea for a thing. They have a day job, which I think it's probably good to have a day job for the first little while. And everybody I know who's like, yeah, I'm going to quit my job just to take my thing full time. I'm like, are you making any revenue? And they're like, no. And I'm like, don't quit your day job. And they're like, okay. <laughs> but but a lot of people I think are in that boat where they, they, they still have a day job. They're still making some money. They might not even hate their day job a bunch, but they have an idea for the thing they want to do on the side. And they're wondering, like, how, how do I, I don't have a lot of time to do this thing, but I, I think it's an idea that has legs that I'd like to be doing. Yeah. And I don't want to see myself in this job five years from now that I currently have. Yep. So what can I, how can I make the most of my time right now to, so are we assuming for this today, this topic that people are not quitting their day job? Is this for the folks who are going to grind it out and try to do this thing? I think it's helpful to do, to do that. And I mean, it's applicable to anybody who struggles with like, there's not enough time on the day, you know? Yeah. That's true. That's true. Even if you don't have a day job necessarily, but you know, it's, it's hard because so many people, uh, get so excited about leaving their day job and they just do it even though they don't have revenue yet or whatever. And chances are your first thing's not going to be a home run. It's and that's good. Sometimes, goes. sometimes it's, I mean, it depends on your constitution. Yeah. Like if you can deal with the stress and the strain and the pressure of, I don't have a guaranteed check next month and I don't know how we're going to keep the lights on. And some people go like, you bring it on, baby. Yeah. You know, and other people, other people, like, go, other people like me go like, this is not the place where I have good ideas. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> this is the opposite yeah. of that. Yep. <laughs> That's how I was for a while. But you know, also you kind of have to get into that mode, that survival mode sometimes. And it takes months or years to finally get okay with it, yeah. to get comfortable with it. Yeah, it is. It's tough. Uh, and I, I don't know. I remember Caleb, when did you, were you, was there ever a time where like next month you didn't know how, how you were going to make enough money or did you always kind of, before you pulled the plug on something, you knew pretty well you had some uh, repeatable income already coming in? I already knew because when I left Boeing, I was already working with Corbett. So I never had that like plug pulling feeling basically. Yeah. yeah. But you did have a solid like seven or eight months or more when you were doing a side project and working a full-time job. Yeah, nine or ten months. Yeah, yeah. But I think I think that we have to also include the scope a little bit of of us. It's not like your work life balance is suddenly cured when you go and you're an entrepreneur and 
have your own thing. So I don't know how deep we want to go into that too. A little bit of just, yeah, in general, like Chase said, like, I don't have enough time. That's how everybody feels all the time, right? The the points that I have prepared for the topic at hand would apply to all of us, in fact. Uh, H, human under the sun, uh, performing the duties that that God has given to them. And um, so for that reason, I uh, am targeting all people with my podcast uh, because it's um, valuable for everyone. And I don't know if Caleb's getting the subtleties of your voice at this point. <laughs> yeah. He just, <laughs> sound, it just sounds like you just is H humans. That's, yeah. that's good. That's good market. Each humans. Yes. Yeah. So uh, you're right. It's interesting because this really is a thing that all of us have to deal with. The truth is I end every single day going like, this is the this is the worst. Okay, this is why this is such a big deal because um, I end just about every single day. My my wife asks me, "How was your day?" And I go, I I just I say like, eh. because <laughs> every every single day, even if I accomplished a million things, yeah, there's I didn't accomplish really. Enough. You never feel like I didn't do enough. Do you ever I, feel? Does she ever go? How's your day? And you're like, nailed it. Now nah, I I don't know if I've ever said that. Really? Yeah, because. I'm so terrible about this is this will be the first the first thing this will be the thing that I that I, if you'll allow me Caleb to uh, start. In golf there's a there's a concept called course management which is uh you're looking down okay so say you know we imagine golf you're on a par 3 you par 3 you can always hit from the tee box and land on the green because you need to be on there in your first shot in order to make par typically, right? So you, so if you're looking at, you know, down 150 yards, that's, that's, you know, a strong six iron and you're there. You know, mo- like even my 90 year old grandpa who I just played golf with in San- Cabo San Lucas, he can hit it 150 yards with his driver, just about. If he, if he can roll up to it, you know, um, that's, that's easy. So we're all looking at the green. We want to get on the green. Now, the difference happens when you're looking down 500 yards straight or dogleg right or something like that, right? Uh, And you just see the green down at the end and you go like, okay, I got to get it to the green. Nobody can hit a driver 500 yards. There's not a club, club out there that can get 500 yards. So no matter what, if you try to drive it and get down to the green. Well, except for Kim Jong Il. (laughs) Of course, except for Kim Jong Il. That's right. That's right. But no matter what, you try to hit it down there, you're not going to hit the green, which means you're going to be disappointed. Okay? So it's this concept of expectations. And the the thing that they call it course management, which is like, hold on, hold on, hold on. I've got 500 yards. We've got a dogleg right and a ravine down the middle. So all I need to really do is punch it up 200 yards. And then I've got, uh, and I need to not go past that because otherwise it goes into the ravine. You know, uh, so then, okay, great. We'll hit like a five iron, get down there. Then we'll, so it's this idea of like, you don't have to hit it all in one go. Right. You go, you use this club for the first part. You, you, so you segment it up into realistic and repeatable sort of expectations that you know you yeah. can have of yourself. And if you try to overextend those limits, your yeah. limits, then you end up in the, in the yeah. pond or whatever. If I, try, if I go like, okay, well, or it's 280 to clear the ravine, well, I can drive yeah. nowhere near that, but yeah. I can try really hard and it's just, yeah. and it ends up on, you know, some other hole somewhere right. else. Um, so, that, by the way, that, that was my slice sound. <laughs> What's your hook sound? <laughs> like the other direction. <laughs> So for entrepreneurs who are trying course management, I mean, when sometimes when you say people, when people say I don't have enough time, it's just like, well, that makes no sense at all because you have some time, even if you have two minutes a day, 
yeah. just means that what you're trying to accomplish is going to take longer yeah. than it does for anyone else because they have more time. But there are limits to the productive time you have during the day. So even if you have 16 hours a day, mm. it doesn't mean you're going to be productive for 16 hours. You might have three or four good productive hours a day. So if you're working part-time, it doesn't mean you can't be almost as productive as somebody that has a whole day because a lot of us sit around and 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 fritter half the day away yeah. just trying to get in the zone or whatever that's another, to get our work that's another corbettism frittering <laughs> as, a, as, a, yeah. as a thing to do with time like i thought that's a thing you did with donuts <laughs> like, i didn't know you could the type of donut uh, yeah well like, the thing you could do with dough maybe <laughs> this is what i should have said but a <laughs> feeling that all these things come from either being slightly older than you guys or i think it comes from rural fucking it's just, Washington. yeah it's just some sort of hickness coming out i think it's randy yeah i think it's, it's my randy. redneck dad uh but but so for me a guy who spent a lot of time uh Ba- like I- i've never been good at golf like i've never taken it seriously enough i just know that i'm always disappointed always because i feel like i could do this <laughs> just like your day just like my day yeah i could i feel like i know i could do this i know i could hit this out of the park i know i could be good at this but i never turned pro enough to realize nope th- that was a good miss or that was a good five iron yeah I'm, i can only hit my five iron this 175 yards quit trying to hit it further understand that that's what you can do yeah. and then be okay with that well that's- and if and if it's tough with one hole of golf which lasts about 10 minutes yeah imagine uh doing it with a project that's going to last three months long yeah and you can or a see business where, that's going to la- potentially last exactly. until you're 65 and you can see where people's anxiety builds up and they're like yeah i don't have time because they can't get everything done all in one day but the reality is none of us can yep and it's like it's funny there's this there's this uh a couple quotes I want to get into in a, in a little bit here that are great. And the truth is, this is all like Buddhism 101. Yeah. You know, in some ways, it's this essential, it's this idea of. You got some Alan Watts what for us? Is, what is, what is, no, I don't have any Alan Watts. It's the next best thing, Merlin Mann. Okay. Uh, <laughs> but, but, uh, it's this idea of what is, what is, what is the reality? What am I capable of? What it, like, what is reality? I feel like this is the question where, yeah. where like, that's like when you get into, chasing down spiritual sort of things it's like what is reality yeah and buddhism has a really great way uh you know and i'm not a buddhist but buddhism has a great way of of framing that question with a handful of i don't know interesting conversations that are that they do a good job at and so that's why that's why you know we've done a handful of surveys of the whole audience of of fizzle and this is actually before we changed to fizzle it was the thing traffic when i came on board we had like a bunch of the a handful of these surveys that we talked to how many people caleb do you remember how many people we we talked to in those over things? a thousand i think yeah i mean there was and there were several of them so lots of people a wide swath of our of our audience and the number one question people asked uh, across the board was was about time management and productivity tips Cor- corvett's smiling because his amazing mexican refugee dog is looking at herself in the mirror. For, like, f- for the first time, basically. And freaking out. <laughs> She's, like, like, trying to play with herself in the mirror. It's pretty awesome. I kind of want to... So... She's not going to bark into the microphone, Chase. That would be cool, though. She might chew on it. So a lot of time management... A lot of time management is simply getting comfortable with the idea that progress really is... It doesn't feel like progress day to day because you're just inching forward every day. If you take a couple of steps and knock off a couple of things off your to-do list each day, that adds up to really great progress over time. But in the moment, day to day, you end up, your wife comes home and says, how was your day? And you go, eh. Yeah. 
That's because it feels yeah. like you didn't get anything. It's done. this idea of taking my 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 like my vision and and my soul back from that 500 yards and just to the next 175 that I know that I'm supposed to hit it in right now. Today yep. I'm supposed to hit 175 yards. So pull it back. Yep. Pull my expectations. Pull my desire back from there. Yeah. And just be and be ready to be fulfilled and okay with that. Yeah. And be able to celebrate it and to say, you know what, this is this is okay. And the equivalent of like hooking a ball or dumping it into the pond or whatever. Mm-hmm. For the entrepreneur, I think is just that feeling of um, paralysis from anxiety, where yeah. you, you're so worried about what you should be doing that you end up getting nothing done every day, and you lose track of the thing that you of the point of what you're doing. Yeah, the point of what you're or doing. You work too hard and you get completely burnt out, and you lose a week, yeah. totally, or something. Absolutely, yeah. that's another way. I mean, I find myself all the time losing track of 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 the point of this thing. I can make one. I, I can make any number of things. So here's this: I can make one of a million things right now, but they're all for this person over here or these 25 people over here. And I might completely lose track of what's actually going to delight them and what they're actually going to see and be like, Oh yeah, that's what I want because I got too anxious and caught up in my own like sort of journey of like, what does it take to make this thing? What does it take to make this thing? And instead of like, who are they and what are they interested in? And is this what you were looking for? And is it, you know, it's like this, this constant, like, but I love how this is becoming the golf episode. Yeah. yeah, But it's like letting the, uh, letting the answers come from the customer or Mm -hmm. thinking about the customer instead of how am I going to get enough done in the 90 minutes I have each day or whatever. That's That's a big point. I mean, honestly, that could be so if point number one was, it wasn't even a point, it was just like this, this story of, of course management, of uh, this idea of, you know what, you can hit it 175 yards today, so set your sights on that and, and be able to judge yourself based on that rather than the 500 yards that this, pro- that this project may be. And I think astute Fizzle Show listeners might recall that uh, course management has been a topic in a different episode before. Yeah, it has. And I, now, I'm an astute listener, but I don't know which one it was. Cor- Caleb, you've been listening to him. Have you, do you remember? I don't remember what number it is off the top of my head. No. Man. So if if that's if that's maybe like a, a, a an intro sort of image for this thing, maybe yeah. So time management maybe isn't really about managing your time; it's about managing your expectations. I, that we've, I mean, to me, expectations has always come up on the show. Yeah, and it's always come up when we think critically about being an entrepreneur. That's why yeah. one of the things I'm most excited to get new fizzlers into is the you know the expectations mindset course yeah. that we created. That's just short and sweet to the point, and it really is like it does. Even in people who have who have canceled Fizzle, we have a lot of people who have canceled over time because it's a buck to get in. Of course, anybody can get in, and I get an email from anybody that uh, that cancels and fills out this short little little um, question that we ask them at the end. And I've heard from several over the last little while saying, like, you know, I had to cancel because I'm actually you know not going forward with my business. I got a new job and it's going great. But what I keep hearing from a lot of people is that the courses and our way of looking at business has changed their mindset about what they can about what business is and what the expectations they can have of themselves and and what they can expect of a business yeah and and they they feel like it, it's changed they've literally said this verbatim like it's changed how they look at that forever yeah and, and if I we can do that. that to me that feels really powerful yeah and if we can do that in a month or two like that's powerful because it took me six or eight years to of finally just, yeah of get just getting right dragged mindset. over the coals yeah because so one of the expectation pieces is what you just mentioned about if you're going, if you're, if, if instead of what the, what the old school model of entrepreneurialism is, if you build it, they will come. 
So you have this idea. I think this would be great. I talked to my uncle about it. Talked to this guy about it. They said it'd be great. Okay, I go up into the into the little into my laboratory and I make this year. thing yeah. for a year, right? And I'm just crafting away. Oh, my blog's not ready yet. Yeah. Oh, yeah, it's going away. I could have worked on the design. Yeah. Oh, I'm I need to figure out this Facebook widget. I'm going to get a widget in the sidebar. I think I'm going to use a Facebook widget. Do you like a Facebook widget? I think that's the widget I'm going to go for. But what about Pinterest? All right, let's put the Pinterest plug in. You know of a good Pinterest plugin? Pin it. Pin it. Right? So all this shit that we end up thinking about and, and fiddling with, and we go into the mountains, and we make our thing in our laboratory, and we're just not ready yet. It's not ready yet. This is a absolutely, 100%, recipe for burnout. Yep. A recipe for burnout. Because you're so well, far from the people... And, and I mean, if, if for a lot not of just reasons, burnout, but also just failure for failure yeah. as well. But for a lot of reasons, let's just focus on one because you're so far, so far from the people who are going to make that thing a success or not. Yeah. And the other way of, of iterating on a, on a business is you stay really, really close to those people. You make a little tiny thing and you give it to them and you say, what do you think about this? Does this solve that problem? Is this something that you're interested in doing? Before you even make something, you're talking to them and asking, what do you struggle with? You let them pitch their problems to you yeah. instead of just start talking about your solution before you know what the words they yeah. use to, to talk about their problem. right? And so then you, you're directly making things that address their problems in their own words. And the whole time, you're staying very close to them. You're never going up to the mountain. You're just going up a hill to like craft something because there is certainly a... An artist, a creator needs to get away. They yeah. need to go in somewhere into the darkness and come back with some sort of truth and, 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 and a fix to a real problem. You so, know? so I, I think what I'm getting from this is that a lot of golf, a lot of time management issues can be solved by focusing on the customer because when you really say, I don't have enough time, if you dig in, a lot of times people say, well, I don't know what I should be working on. Like, yeah. what's the high value thing that I should be working on because I only have 90 minutes a day. Yeah. And if you have those questions, it's probably because you're not close enough to customers because if you were, they'd be telling you all of their problems and then you'd be scheming yep. about ways to fix those problems. Yeah. And that's the highest value work you could be doing. Caleb, what are you hearing over there about this? Well, I want to hear a little bit about what you should be spending those 90 minutes doing. Yeah. 90 minutes? Wait, what was the 90 minutes? Just if well, that's, if that's all, you, all have, you have, let's say you work a full-time job, you have a family and kids, and maybe you put the kids to bed and you have an hour or two before you go to bed to then go to your job again in the morning. Like, What do you spend your time doing if you're working on your business? I do a lot of email and social media. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> well, that's probably what a lot of people do. Yeah, yeah no, I, I, I'd say that because it's what I used to spend a lot of 90 minutes yeah. doing. But before we get onto that, Caleb, bring us back around to that, okay? Because okay. I have, I want to finish up what Corbett's talking about. I have my diatribe on priorities because I think that's the beginning part of what are you actually doing? Because, because I think, I think it gets us to the answers about what do you actually do? Yeah. Um, I'm also curious if this sort of episode where I'm sitting four feet from chase, staring into his blue eyes, if um, you have blue, I have a little bit of green. Yeah, I guess they're a little, uh, little hazel. bit of green. Yeah. Uh, if uh, this sort of episode feels different for people that are listening. Yeah. If it does, and does it feel different to Caleb? Yeah. Does it? Caleb, does it feel different to you? Sorry, I've just wanted to pause block a lot. <laughs> <laughs> I've just been waiting. Nailed it. Yeah, because you can't pause block somebody that's in the same room. Yeah. Yeah, then you, the person just Unless you did like this. Listen. Yeah. We could we could both pause block you, Caleb. We we could talk block you. Oh, we I'm pretty sure we've too. been doing that. We've been talk blocking you. <laughs> talk block. Dude, what's up with how you were at the bar? What do you mean? You talk blocked me in front of the... <laughs> 
<laughs> in front of that hot chick. <laughs> Quit talk blocking me, bro. Sorry. Uh, I have interesting to say too. Things, man, you're the worst. I was just in Cabo with a bunch of bros, like everywhere. Oh, nice. Just flat bills, bros. like tank tops, the whole nine yards. And I can't help but love these people. I wore a flat hat the other day, uh, and I met Scott Dinsmore for some drinks, and he goes, "Dude, is that a flat hat?" <laughs> he still he thought he saw himself in you. Uh, no, I don't know. He was scared. Anyway, I Caleb. It. I I believe you were about to say something. Mm, no, I'm good. I was taken over. It, this feels about the same. Okay, I still feel good. good. Does it really? Yeah. Okay, cool. Um, okay, so uh, you were just talking. To, to, let's put a button on that idea of because I think it's a huge, huge point. Let's put and a I, marker on the green. Let's put a. I tell you what, I'm gonna go ahead and. That scene when Chevy Chase is sort of walking around, just putting everything in, just dancing. Oh God, love that movie. Raised on Caddyshack. <clears throat> I watched that so many times. Yeah. Hey, babe, you really must have been something before electricity, huh? <laughs> oh, yeah. I feel some danger field. Hold on. What was the song? I'm all right. <laughs> oh, yeah. Don't nobody <laughs> worry about me. <laughs> don't gotta put up a fight. Why don't you just let it be? Oh, oh. <laughs> shit. Who is that? Uh, is it Kenny Loggins? Yes, it's Kenny Loggins. <laughs> oh, that was after he transitioned from yacht rock to like yeah. pop. That was good. Oh, God, I love that. that. Good. Every time I sing or get loud, your dog like jumps on me and starts biting phalanges. Yeah. And you're everywhere. Fingers, toes, he doesn't care. Whatever appendix she doesn't have. care. Um so to put a bow in that in that last bit, if you stay close to your customer, this is a huge key. This is a huge, huge key. Um, and, and we've done so much work last month on the defining your audience stuff. We've got that great guide out, which is free and you can get just like the four, I have a page each on the four biggest things that I got from all these interviews and then notes on every one of these interviews that I did with a bunch of founders on how the, the specific tactics that they use to get inside of the skin and the head of the audience that they want to build something for. And it's just, there's great stuff in there. So you got to know who it is. And one of those big tips is like getting to a specific person. It's a, it is a big tip. And if you're playing, if you're playing just the big tip with that one, that is the tip to choose for the biggie. Uh, out of the 24? Of the other, I don't know. This is for a different thing. Okay. Yeah, you're confused. Sorry. (laughs) But, um, but one of the, one of the, uh, the big tips, the big rich tips is getting to a very specific person. Okay. Someone that you might even know and you might be able to even call them. But thinking of getting to someone very specific that you know. It's not like a you do a bunch of swarm research and figure things out and then you give this person a fake name, an avatar name. And since then I saw some like guide to, to audience something or other for, that somebody else made. Uh, it was just a, a website. I'd like to find it. I'll put it in the show notes. And I disagreed with a lot that they said. This is coming from an old school classic PR thing. Mm. And they said it was very important to, to, to not use a real person to go to like just do all of this like willy nilly stuff and then create a fake person. This is Shelly, and Shelly works at a big-time corporation, and Shelly likes to party on the weekends, and Shelly, like, just making up all this shit about Shelly. Shelly. And I'm, and I just, I've never once had an insight for, insight for a fake person like that. Yeah. Never once. But anytime you put me in front of a real person, and you give me that, like, the, the UX empathy map that is in that worksheet, 
I literally did this for, uh, for my mom and my wife for Mother's Day. I did the UX empathy map in my notebook for them. What do they see? What do they think? Did what you do- build them a user interface for Mother's I, Day? I didn't, no. But just like for a Mother's Day gift, I was like, what's, what's, what's going on inside my wife's head right now? Yeah. Like, what are the things she's seeing? What are the demands on her life? What are the things she's afraid of? What is, what is she hearing? What is she thinking about when she's at work? She's seeing her inbox. She's got all this other stuff. She's got to worry about getting aid and all this other stuff. And it totally helped me get into the right mind to get like a good gift for them. Because mm-hmm. if you don't know this, husbands and fathers, Mother's Day is coming up in a day, the day after this podcast airs. So <laughs> tomorrow, that's tomorrow, right now for you listening. Yes, if you're listening for you listener on live, exactly. Thing. But anyways, the point being, you have you can get to insights when you go to a specific person. You can actually have intuition because that's what your biology, your brain, your 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 whole. <laughs> You know, the evolution of your, of your species has led to a kind of intelligence about that shit that doesn't happen when you're in a swarm. So if you can think about that one person, sorry, I'm really belaboring this point, then getting really <laughs> close to them, staying close Take a knee. to them, <laughs> Take a knee. I need to lie down, uh, then you, you'll be able to see and hear from them what their actual problems are and what's important for you to work on and what isn't. Because you can go into your inbox and you can have 455 emails. And you might need to say, oh God, I can't do anything until I get through these emails. And guess what? You're going to wake up the next morning and you're going to have 395. Yeah. Oh God, I'm not going to be able to do anything right. until I get through these emails. Yeah, and that's going to be a good one when we get to the actual tips in this episode. <laughs> There's so many tips. So first of all, on that, on that boat, Caleb, anything to add, add to that the idea of, of I mean, I, I don't know. I never, I didn't think about that in correlation with this topic, but it seems like it makes sense. Am I, am I way off base here? And so you're saying by being closer to the person and the problems they're having, you'll focus on those more and you'll actually create things to help them with those instead of just, you know, doing email or social media, like you're saying. Exactly. Yeah. You'll do things that are more important by nature when you are closer to the people that you're making your things for. Otherwise, you could just be running triage and reconnaissance against a bunch of emails and tweets and social medias, and I'm not getting traffic. Well, so let's so let's let's talk about like the real person scenario. So somebody works a full time job, they get home, they make dinner, they put their kids to bed, they've got a couple of hours. How do they get closer to their customers? They don't have any customers right now. What are they? What mm. are you talking about? How do they? How do they make use of that time? They're just a dude sitting in front of a laptop or a lady sitting in front of a laptop. So I have some specifics here. One is, okay, that scenario, they don't know what they're building or who they're building it for, right? They got to take, I mean, first thing I would say, well, get in for a buck at Fizzle and take your topic course. Because choosing a topic, you're choosing a topic course is really great for like, okay, here's some exercises. Here's a weighted average decision matrix. Here's this, that, and the other. What do you want to do? Where do you want to go? Let's, let's get that on the map and then go on to the defining your audience course Mine, because it's just though, going, going between those two, you could say you can come and then also the business sketch template that yeah. we've got. So then you can go, you can go from, okay, what do I want to do? Here's five options, five topics. Then you can go, okay, let's research these five audiences. And what's the difference between them? And what are they actually looking for? What's the problem I'd actually be solving? And then on the business sketch template, you can quickly sketch up these businesses. And I hate to make that the answer that go take courses within Fizzle. I'm only saying that because now I'm done saying it. Like if you go did did that, like you'd see like the all, the answers are all there. Yeah, you know. Um, so for the person who who actually doesn't have the thing yet, yep. Uh, that that would be my answer for them. For the person yep. who does, now we gotta now we gotta ask because we gotta ask what's 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 most important. Say you've got ninety minutes right now, 
before you like lose steam and, and it's not appropriate for you to be online anymore. You got 90 minutes. So you got to, first of all, learn how to be brutal in your, in your like, this is this, not that yeah. sort of thing. Let me read you a couple quotes here from Marlon Maine. I mean, Merlin Mann. On, uh, on, I mean, <laughs> I mean the Buddha. I mean Jesus. Sorry, we worship at the altar of the Marlin Maine. Um, <laughs> I kid. Uh, so what we're talking about is priorities when we say this stuff. Yep. You know, which one of these is most important? What's the What's the way? I have ninety minutes. What can I possibly do right now? And it's a question of what we can go to Stephen Covey's urgent versus important, and draw a matrix out, and do all this other stuff, right? But here's the problem with priorities. This is a quote from Merlin Mann, famous uh, internetter who, who knows who, who I trust deeply on this stuff. He says a priority is observed; it's not manufactured or assigned. Otherwise, it's necessarily not a priority. Got that? You can't quote prioritize a list of twenty tasks any more than you can uniquify twenty objects by uniqueness or pregnantize twenty women by pregnantness. An item is either unique. Or it is not. A woman is either pregnant or she is not. An item is either the priority or it is not. One bit, manu- mutually exclusive, one ring to rule them all. Um, each of these words means something. And so, what, and then what he gets into is uh, when we're talking about is actually probably force rank. We're trying to force rank a list, assigning a number on something between one and n based on sort of, you know, what comes first and what comes yeah. last, right? So then he says, making something a big red, top, top, big, highest, number one priority, you know, in your email or on your task management list or something, changes nothing but text styling. If it were really important, it had already be done, period. Think about it. And that's something, by the way, I keep coming back to in my own life. If it was really important, it, all, it would already be done. That's kind of crazy. Here's an example. When my daughter falls down and screams, I don't ask her to wait while I grab a list to determine which of seven national uh, notational levels of priority I must assign to her need for instantaneous care and affection. Everything stops and she gets taken care of. Conversely, and this is the real important thing, everything else in the universe can wait. So my, my, my gist on this is maybe this is all just semantics, um, but it gets to something crucial. Time is finite. You only have a certain amount of time in your day and in your life. Okay, so your list, though, doesn't have to be finite. Like right now, to me, it really kind of freaked me out when we both, we were all were talking and we realized if we didn't have another piece of input, another email, another planning session, another anything, we would have enough work right now based of everything that we've planned to be busy for at least Years. three months, probably six months. Years. Maybe a year. Yeah. Right? If yep. we had zero input from what we have right now, you know? Um, but I got to push back on the Merlin thing because... Yeah. Um, when you say if something was important enough, it would be done. Well, <clears throat> there's a whole lot of things that I've done that weren't important. That's why I think it's like, it's just, it's kind of a, um, so I it, think it's, it's less powerful because it is just kind of a semantics thing, but it gets to this idea of the, there are, the, there is a concept of priority. Uh, and, and this is from an article that I'll put in the, in the show notes called Mudrooms, Red Letters, and Real Priorities, which is it's just great. It's a great read, short and sweet, and it gets to the heart of, of some of this stuff. But the, I mean, the, the gist of it really is this, like, somewhere you do have to get brutal and honest and real and say this and not all that other stuff, you know? And like in the, uh, the my favorite, my favorite thing to get people to do, and this is all I'm going to say about it, is the AA 
a C list mm-hmm. in the productivity course in Fizzle. Yep. If you got a buck, sign up, do it. Don't read ahead. Just do it. Because that's the thing in the forums. There's like a bunch of these people going, oh, you son of a bitch. You know what I mean? Because there's this like hidden twist at the end. Um, and it just teaches you so clearly either things matter or they don't. Because we all get stuck in this, like, I've got all these things I want to do. I got to do that. Oh, and we live in the dopamine of the, the, the hope of a future we'd love to see exist. Never actually, like, okay, clear the chemicals, come down to reality, and doing the course management of, all right, how much time would that take to complete these things? And realizing, you know, so funny story. We arrived, we flew into San Jose from uh, San Jose, California, from San Jose, Mexico. This is going to get confusing. Cabo San Lucas flew into San Jose, California, America. There were no customs USA. agents. Zero. What? Guy stands up. He says, uh, we didn't know your plane was coming in. So what? there's no customs agents here. We're going to try to get some down from San Francisco. How does that happen? Which is like 45 to an hour away. They right? just like let a foreign plane in with no like, preparation. I guess we, d- we didn't really know that that was coming in. So um, I guess we'll just have to wait here. I'm with my four-year-old, my 94-year-old grandpa. So how long do you have to wait? <laughs> so we're just we don't, we're like, oh my God. Like there's just a huge, and there's like, there's big people going, Oh, this is just ridiculous. I've never been treated this. Like, you know, the people who just yeah. like would never like, it's just and like people like connecting flights too. I'm connecting sure. flights. And then the guy's like, Oh, we'll try to hold those planes for you. Right. And so it's just craziness, right? People are just like, it's just, it's dismal in there. You know? So my dad says to, to, to one of us like, oh, let's see how many people you think on a plane. Uh, you know, so eventually what happened is one per one guy showed up. Like they called him in and he was able, he lived One in San Jose or something like that. And so to do dad watches people. him for a little bit. He's like, it's taking about like, you know, two, three minutes per person. Yep. Cause he's not just going like, okay, you're fine. You're yep. fine. You're fine. You're fine. Like, according to the situation, he has to do plane. the whole thing. Right. Times how many people are on the plane. So 200 this, at the low end. Does this little math yeah. and it's like nine hours yeah. to get people through this thing. That's the, re- that's the reality of the situation. Of your, of your ideas on a list somewhere is it's going to take, you know, nine hours to get through this custom line. It's going to get, it's going to take you 25 years to do all the things that's on your list right now. Yeah. You know, so coming to that, that and those, brute those force, people in the customs line are usually just emails in your inbox and yeah, or, or just the, or just something on a list someday, maybe, yeah. you know, some hope, yeah. something like this, what this business is going to be about, right. you're not actually doing it yet, yeah. you know, and you're living off of the dopamine and the, and the, and the conversations that you're having about the future and not really learning about the, what's happening right now. Yep. Um, so anyways, all that, and it, uh, what happened is. The, apparently more people were in San Jose than they thought that lived there. And so they called them all in and within 15, 20 minutes they were, we were moving quick. I was worried you were still in that line. I'm still in that line now. There's part of me. Caleb. So, uh, yeah. So Caleb, Caleb, where, so you were going to bring us back around to something. I think also it might be instructive to kind of, um, maybe walk through like how each of us organized our workday when we had other obligations, you know, other full-time or part-time obligations. Well, I was going to bring us back to the what would you do with 90 minutes thing. So we already covered that. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I guess, I guess. So the priorities kind of, I guess, covers or gets to what well, what makes that list, right? Kind of. I mean, it, it doesn't really tell you what to do with that list. I mean, I think what I've learned about myself is there are a million things that you kind of want to get to, yeah. but you're never going to get to them. It's just not going to happen. So there's kind of a, there's a first cut 
of things that don't even make any list at all. You know, it's like you have an idea, you ruminate about it for a little while, or maybe a customer has an idea or yeah. somebody you work with or whatever, they have an idea and you think about it and you think about the other stuff on your list and you go, you know what? If that's important enough, it's going to come up again. Yeah. But for right now, I'm just not even going to write it down. It's going to go nowhere because it would just sit yeah. on some list somewhere yeah. and, and get old and I just have to like cut it eventually. Mm-hmm. So there's that stuff. Then for me, there's the stuff that I do legitimately want to get to. But if I have all that stuff on my active to-do list right now, it's just defeating yeah. to look through your to-do list and be like, oh, oh my yeah. God. That's, that's, why, that's, why I've had, that's why it's so hot in the Asana. Right. Because you see everything that's coming. Yeah. And you're just like, what? And, you're, and then you start going behind. Well, you, that's why you have to use it how they set it yeah, up. Yeah, totally. Exactly. With the, the later. What is it? Today, upcoming, and later. Exactly. Yeah. And, yeah. And, that, and that framework for me has been, has been pretty powerful. Because ultimately, you have two or four things like in your right now. Exactly. You know I have, I mean? Yeah, so in, in my today list within Asana, I have like three things. I like that I said that's why it's so hot. It, it is so hot. hot. <laughs> it is hot in there because there's so many things. But I'm trying to get Jen to use it too, and we did a just a huge mind dump. It's like, okay, what's everything that's on your mind? Every little task, every little thing you can think of. We just typed them all out and I put them in there and she's like, how is this supposed to make me less stressed yeah. out? Well, and I was oh, like, okay, that, I'll show you. And then you you organize it and then she's like, oh, I just have to look at these things. Exactly. That's a huge point though. Yeah. Uh, honestly, this is something that is in the original. Um, there is a, a this is what Merlin always says. There's a, there's a copy out there that you can find, hint, hint, wink, wink, like in the back channels of the internet. Of David Allen has this getting things done fast. It was a two day seminar where he goes through the whole kit and caboodle. Mm-hmm. And I think a truck dropped a handful off in the internet somewhere and like, you could, you can like find them, okay. like, you know, and, and wink, wink. Uh, but it's sensational. It's really great. Really? It's re- like really good. And I, this was back in like five, six years ago. I I did it all, and I had this this yellow pad. And I always like do it when I was like like on the on the bike, uh, the the like cycle or whatever, you know, yeah. at the gym. And I had this. I I would love to be able to find that. I don't even think I kept that legal pad. Um, no, I have the notes somewhere in a freaking folder somewhere. But anyways, one of the things he gets into in is a story locker. Like he a tells a psychopath. <laughs> exactly. He tells some story about uh. uh like if you really want to like rejuvenate your life and like rejuvenate your marriage, stand in the middle of your house with your wife. Okay, each of you has a yellow legal pad. Each of you and a pen. And you just I can start, already tell you this isn't going to happen. You start and you work your way. You work, you just start heading in opposite directions one another. And you just write down every little thing that you want to fix or you want to change or you want to do in your house that you thought about or anything in your brain. Right? You just write down it all. You just go for days. Fill up the whole pad if you yep. can. Right? If you do that. Just the amount of mental clarity you will have after that, the amount of things that that unsticks, Mm -hmm. and it might sound totally ridiculous. And of course, it sounds like I'll never do that because that just sounds, I mean, that would be who has the time, you know? Well, if you do that, not just with your house, but with also with your, if you just go, just write down everything that comes to mind. Oh, I want to make a fizzle shirt. Oh, yeah, I got to figure out a party for WDS. Oh, yeah, I got to do this, that, and the other. Oh, yeah, I wanted to get that from Elisa. Oh, yeah, I want to take Aiden to Legoland. Yep. Oh, yeah, I want to, you know, get this, that, and the other. Yeah, 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 yeah. You start doing that. Just go. Let your hand go. Just go, 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 go. You will, you will, li- like, you, you're, you'll watch, like, like, the things just, like, leak out. You'll unclog something that'll just, like, and then it'll be, like, it'll be writing for, Two and a half hours until you'll you'll be dead. Yeah, because it's actually a kind of it's like a sort of intense amount of yeah. work. You'll feel like a million bucks afterwards. I do. Yeah, the I do. Just getting the stuff. Either out of your you got to do this shit now, 
or you just throw the pad away and do it again in a couple of years. Well, so you I, know? I think well, you there's, don't... there's an important step after right. that, though. I think there is. If you, if of any of these, out what the things are that are urgent, totally, you know, prior huge priorities, absolutely. And, that, and that's that's what a good thing. Like that's a great, great, like actual tip, trick, hack, tactic, specific. Write down everything. Spend. What do you got? You got 90 minutes. Okay, in that 90 minutes, I want you to write down everything you could possibly do. Right, and tomorrow, the next 90 minutes, you're going to go through all of that. And say and circle the things that are the most important. You're only going to circle. Uh, well, you know, maybe you or maybe you make you make a tick 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 next to everything that's important, and you put that in a list, and then you do the first one the next ninety minutes, the second one the following ninety minutes, yeah, the I, third one. I would do it a little differently, um, and this is partly based on Asana. It's partly also based on what you were saying. Uh, the the quote from Merlin. Hmm. So instead of saying what's important. Um, I would go through the list and cull all the stuff that is unimportant and that you probably will never get to. So it's pointless yeah. to keep track of it. Then of that remaining list, pick the things that you're going to work on this week and yeah. let the everything else just sit there on a list. Because saying what's important now assumes that you have all the information you'll need to make those decisions in the future. Yeah. So instead, pick the two or three things that you're going to work on right now. And then when you're done with those things, then you go back to your big list and you say, okay, what should I work on next? Mm. And you should do that that exercise that you're talking about, writing down all the stuff that you want to do for your business every so often. We, we've sort of settled on once every three months at this point. We're going to do that every quarter. Yeah. Just mm-hmm. do a big brainstorming session. Um, and then uh, each week, each of us goes through that big list and we decide what we're going to be working on for the next week, basically. That's been, I like that, Caleb. I don't know about you. Yeah, I do too. Because, like Merlin's quote was saying, is it doesn't matter if you organize it. It just pick <laughs> exactly. the one thing that's yeah. important. Pick the few things you're going to work on right now this week, and don't don't waste your time organizing priority and assigning values to each of the other ones and how long they're each going to take. Just leave them on the list. Yeah, and it's what you're, you're you, when you look through that list, you know what things you want to work on now and what things you should get done. And the rest can just sit there. Yeah, I think I think you can also. Uh, you've talked about this before because I know you were big into productivity for a while. There's all kinds of productivity porn, and there's this false sense of accomplishment Prop-prons. that you get from <laughs> from uh, organizing your list over and over again and having yeah. a really tight. It's good. Yeah. And, like and Merlin's you, calls it work about work, and exactly. I love that. And you can you can feel like you accomplish something, or you can just be. You can waste a lot of time. With the organization of the work instead of the actual doing of the totally. work. Totally. You, I mean, you, we could literally all the things that we could that would keep us busy for a year yeah. if we didn't have any more income or in, in input on yeah. in terms of what what we should do. We could spend we like every every time we get together, we're we're reorganizing what's important yeah. and what isn't. You know. Yeah. And that's all based on on kind of things we've learned since the last time we made that list. Mm-hmm. That's why staying close to your customer, staying close to the actual need for your thing. Yep. Rather than staying close to what you want to make or what you want to do or what you think is going to be important and big, if you actually, if you could just go small, focus on a need first, an actual problem, and then work towards a solution to that problem, it just defines a lot of things for you. Mm-hmm. You're going to have a lot of big plans to do later on because there's a very, there's an actual like when you develop a building, you have five years of plans in a project management application that goes blah, 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 Gantt charts till as far as the day is long. Yep. You know, when I was doing $50,000 websites at an agency in Portland, Portland, we, we had Gantt charts as far as the day is long. Yep. Content schedules, all sorts of things to get assets. And it, we had, you yeah. know, so much. Shit. 
to be able to do that. And when you fall late on one thing, guess what? That impacts everything no, else. Yeah. But, but that these like so and Omniplan, everybody gets pissed off and feels about it. Yeah, but but there, which but, is a big thing when you're one entrepreneur no, and you're at home and you miss a deadline. The yeah, that's the bummer. Right there is what is what and made me quit projects. Exactly. That's what makes you quit entire businesses. Hey, you let down a client. You let down a client, like, like, oh, you know, something shifted on this, that, and the other, and you forgot about this deadline that you told him you'd have it by this, that, and the other, yep. or something like, or he didn't get you this, and then you, that you didn't communicate that, and then he's like, oh, I thought it was in your court, and you were doing that, and no, you didn't have the thing. It's like, yeah, but the thing's tomorrow, with yeah. the th-, you know, and so it's those just big this weird miscommunication. Those are a thing of the past, to be honest, in most yeah. agencies now, or at least the smart agencies, yeah, because they just set you up for failure, you know? Yeah, because it's true. It's, so. Um, hold on. Wait, there was something. There was something uh, in there. Um, I guess the the whole the, what we what we keep circling around and coming back to is just this sense that you know what? If I could say to like the four year old me in me that's like that's like hopeful and like really capable of doing great things, which is probably like the four year old in in the listeners out there. Like you're really capable of doing something great. Um, maybe maybe even better than you than you think right now you're capable of. You're really capable of making something useful and being making something important to other people. Um, unfortunately, you if you want to build that thing, you don't have to just know what that thing is, and you you also have to, and you don't you know you you don't have to then just be a, an expert in making that thing, which is a whole other problem in itself, which is what we've been talking about. But then, of course, you're your own media agency. You have to run your own social media and your own your own content marketing arm and all this other stuff, right? Where you're a whole, you're like five industries in one, right? Which is why it's so damn critical for you to say this, not that, mm-hmm. all that other stuff. No, that's what's so exciting and horrible about this is it is the question of what what of, of what you know what right now what is, be is most and that, important and that's the ceo and the worker bee model yeah that's really important because um you can tell it if you want but in in your productivity course yeah. in fizzle this is something that has changed people's um mindset about how to get work done basically you have two modes because you're one person doing the jobs of dozens of people. Yeah. And one of the most important jobs, but also one of the most distracting jobs is the CEO job because that's the person that's thinking strategically about what should I, what should I be doing over the months and years. And if you let yourself operate in that mode every day, yeah. you're constantly just reorganizing everything in your mind and not actually doing any of the worker beat stuff that needs to get done. Totally. So you have to be conscious yeah. about alternating between those modes to say, I'm going to be CEO. I'm going to give myself four hours today, this afternoon, to be CEO, whether that's once a week or once a month or whatever. And then you have to trust what you did during those four hours and the and the priorities and things that you set. And then just go heads down and actually get some work done for a while. Yeah. Um, over the next week or month. Or it's kind of like that. The math behind if you um, it, if you're filming something, it takes you like an hour to film, like six minutes of edited content <laughs> right. or something like that or more yeah yeah and it it takes it takes like six minutes in ceo mode to create an hour or 10 days of work for totally. you totally you know uh, and the truth is we do occupy these two things like for me i like to imbalance myself chemically so it's a cigar and a coors and a week a, a tall weak coffee like a not starbucks tall, a very big weak coffee so that that's my that's my ceo 
chemical yeah. imbalance because I'll just I'll just dream for days yeah. from there. You know, and then and then it's just strong coffee if you want to get the work done. Remember, there's that study that you sh- you sent to Caleb and I about the difference between like beer and coffee. Yeah, for creative and what you and, get done. And, yeah, yeah, so like beer, you get you you'll, you'll be more creative. You'll be more outside the box. Yeah. A little more like kind of goofy. Only if you only, only up to, to a certain s- point, like like one or two beers. It's just like playing pool. You exactly. get better for like two or three drinks, and <laughs> then you get worse. <laughs> then coffee, you're much better at just like screwing caps on bottles. Yep. Just just doing the work. Just doing the work. Just yep. doing the work. Just doing the work. Um, those things. It's I mean, and that's just a, a, a fable about these two modes that you have. And yeah. it's true. You can, in five minutes of real good visionary moments, you could, you can have a day's worth of work. You can create so, like yeah. so many more well, we just We just spent two days or so, two and a half days in Tahoe. Yeah. The three of us. And, uh, creating we, we nine months with, of work. Yeah. Six months <laughs> yeah. of work at least. So, uh, I don't know. Caleb, Caleb what are you this, hearing over yeah, there? Is this where you wanted this to go? This discussion, Caleb? No, this is actually exactly where I wanted to go. Do you want to talk through what you brought up, Corbett, which was, you know, how did we structure our days when we did have day jobs to work on side oh, projects? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Or, good point, good point. So, or even now, I like. Even we should. We've got about s- eight. Let's we, maybe have, six minutes. Yeah. Let's, so let's, let's give. Fire. Let's just give a couple of tips each on what we did. So my my personal history was, you know, before I went out on my own, I worked for. Uh, I was doing corporate Fortune 500 consulting, and um, I was building a search engine. This was my brilliant idea. I was going to build a search engine that was different from Google somehow. Yeah. Um, and to be honest, uh, a lot of the way that I found extra time in my day was by doing work at work when I could sneak it in. Yeah. And I know people are listening to this, and maybe it's maybe it's kind of a dick move to like steal time from the company that you work for. But let's be honest, like you screw off like a lot of the day when you're working in a job that you don't like to begin yeah. with. So if you can sneak away and get a little bit of time in, like that's a good way to give yourself a little bit of boost. Yeah, I mean, why do you, where do you think I learned so much about productivity? Yeah, exactly. When I had a job, I spent seven hours a day reading Life Hacker, forty three folders, and all the other shit. Yeah, I mean, that, I just I I spent literally months learning work about work. Yeah, and and then I quit. <laughs> yeah, and you know, I mean, maybe um, maybe something good will come out of that for your for the work that you do do for that company. Maybe yeah. you'll be reinvigorated because you're happier and you have a future in front of you instead of just sitting there like a like a bump on a log all day long. So yeah. I don't know if I don't know about the morality of that, but I'm just telling you personally, mm-hmm. um, I did a decent amount of work while I was working for other companies. And you were working on what at the time? You were building a search. I was building a search. So oh. I was doing uh, software development, you know, yeah. at my laptop while I was working on client work at the same time or in between, you know. Yeah. And and to be honest, like I was this was the kind of job where I had to be there 10 or 11 or 12 hours a day. And you just can't be productive on one thing that long every day. It's just impossible. Mm-hmm. You kind of lose the edge. Yeah. So that would be one tip if you want to find some extra time in your day. Um, another one would be think about all the time that you're just sitting around, um, you know, commuting or whatever. Listen to podcasts. I mean, probably people listening to this already know yeah. this tip, but but start learning because a lot of the time that you waste when you're sitting down to do work yeah. is research time. You're sitting there researching. And trying to figure out like what should yeah. I do, and you're spending time reading blog posts and listening to podcasts and that sort of stuff. When you're sitting in front of your laptop and you can be productive, like producing things, you should be producing things then. And try to squeeze in all the time reading blog posts and listening to podcasts and stuff during your lunch hour, during your commute, during your bathroom break. And I would whatever. go one step further and say, quit reading blog posts. You actually don't need to know 
as much as you think you need to know from here. Yeah. That's why in like in fizzle, my whole dream is you get in, we teach you some things about expectations so that you don't burn out. Yep. Then we give you a, a supportive community for you to ask specific questions of, Hey, I'm doing a thing where I'm making this plugin for X, Y, and Z. I think people would be interested in this. What do you think? And people go like, oh my God, I had that same problem and it wasn't that, it was this. That's my dream. It's support through the stuff. And then there's a lot of education that needs to happen at the scaling, growing the audience and doing that stuff. There's a lot of it, like little, little tiny things. How do I use WordPress? Some people don't know how to use that at all. We've got a whole course on that. Uh, and again, this is like weird because now I think Harley, I need Harley to call in again and tell people about our, about our, about fizzle instead of us. <laughs> yeah. Because you set I, this th- up as a good long sales pitch today. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> totally. Um, but, but truly, I, I really feel like people don't need to know much more than they already know. Like there's very little that you actually don't know that you need to know. But you do need most to of know the work to is going to happen once you start like talking to people, getting the thing. Yeah. Cause if you stay close to them, you can be the expert in them without being the expert in WordPress or the expert in just, podcasting. There's also just all this apprehension around, you know, when you're building a business, you don't have a map. Yeah. And, and every step you take, you have to constantly question like, am I headed in the right direction? And you need someone to give you approval. And so you're reading blog posts looking for that approval. Yeah. You know, but a blog yeah. post is really, Oftentimes, just some sort of like lead into a sales pitch six months from now, and it's not really going to tell you anything that you need to know. It's funny because you set this episode up really well to be a good pitch for Fizzle so and, long ago, and now you're doing it. And now I'm going to say, I mean, honestly, <laughs> I think we do a pretty good job in Fizzle at least guiding people through and letting them know if they're on the right track or not. Yeah, because we go out of business if if this is just a pitch, I guess you know. Yeah. If, if this is, uh, I don't know. We have too much skin in the game. High five. <laughs> but uh, I, I think there's there's something to that, at least that principle. Spend less time learning and more time making because you are learning so much while you're making. Mm-hmm. You are learning so much yeah. while you're making so much and more publishing. Than any blog post will teach you. If you yeah, if you just grind yeah. out and sweat things out, it's so much. You, Go like, on a low information diet for a couple of months and see how much progress yeah. you make. Stop listening to this podcast. Stop stop getting the Sparkline blog post. Yeah, there is a conversation on the Fizzle forums. Actually, we brought up Unroll Me when we did the the email yeah. episode, and someone's like, "I don't like it. I, you know, I don't get all the emails I used to get. I feel disconnected and stuff." Mm. And then there were all these other people that were like, "I love it. Like, I did not need to be reading that much stuff. Now I can just actually do the work yep. and stuff." Yep. It's just an interesting dynamic. Yep. It's because there's this great quote from Flannery O'Connor where she says, "It's easier to bleed than to sweat." Mm. and it's so true that is so the true truth is you need to sweat that's the only reason why the people yep. who are up there on the mountain are up there on the mountain or or like it's easier to eat than to sweat yeah. you know in terms of losing weight totally. or whatever like and but uh, when i think when i hear bleed i think of like you know you're whinging you're whining you're you're like oh nothing's working out for me you're playing the victim you're uh yeah. you're, you'd, you'd rather like cut your arm open than than like like in a second, right? Then work a whole hard day, mm-hmm. you know. Uh, and now, it, and I don't mean that like, it's all about the glory of the work. And I don't, I don't agree Even with do. with Gary Vaynerchuk when he says like, "You have like, you have like, you don't need to sleep. You don't need to sleep. I didn't sleep. You don't need to sleep." I'm like, no, that's not me. Yeah. You don't have to do it that way either. But it's it is to this question of like, well, how do we be smart about the ninety minutes that we have in a day to work on our thing? And to me, uh, part of it is, man, you really don't need to learn as much as, as you're learning right now. Give your, like, do the Pomodoro technique where you say, all right, I'm going to give myself, you know, whether it's 20 minutes or this 90 minutes to learn as much as I can on whatever. 
whatever it is, like growing an email list, then stop learning. Start doing, because you're going to learn so much as you do. Um, I think, yeah. What Caleb, what else do you have to add? I was going to say, figure out like where and how you work best. Like You were talking about the chemical thing, mm-hmm. and I knew that my most productive time throughout the entire day was right after I woke up. So I would just go to bed early and get up early to write my blog post before I went to work. Yeah. And yeah. I would do the things like listen to podcasts on my commute, you know, read books during my lunch break and stuff like that and try to fit in as much of that education and inspiration part. But I knew that if I was going to write, it wasn't going to happen when I got home from work. Yeah. It was only going to happen if I got out of bed and started writing early. And so you have to figure out like the location that works best for you and the time of day and what kind of other elements, like you were saying, coffee or cigar or whatever. Yeah. Or cocaine. Best for you. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna get a lot more done. I feel great. I feel great. One uh, specific tip for me is, and this is an, another one from the productivity course: is I keep my planning stuff separate from my doing stuff, and the doing stuff is only ever this next two weeks. Now, these are the rules. I, al- I always. What do you mean by stuff? I always break these rules. Oh. I, I'm the, my, I, I never listen to my own advice. But my planning stuff is typically in in Evernote. Right. So, hey, here's this idea for this product or for this book or whatever. Right. I'll start journaling. I'll start making some ideas. I mean, you know, all of that lives somewhere else. That's not a to do list. That's yeah, brainstorming. Gotcha. It's not in the same place. Yeah. That's all brainstorming because then that's CEO mode. Oh, where can we go? What's going on? Oh, here's some ideas. Here's some ideas. There's no bad, bad ideas. Right. And then we start culling down from there. Then the CEO goes, okay. You've got the overall on, you know, you're the worker bee. Here's the two things I want you to do this week. Those go on the task list. And then the rest of the week, I just open up the task list. I got two things and they're, and they're laid out. There's also another specific tactic on, you know, when you write your tasks, use the Vino meth- method that I, I created. I, I guess, I don't know. These are all just things that came out of my own thing. Vino. Vino, drink wine while you yeah, do Yeah, drink it. wine. That's a whole other chemical imbalance. But verb, noun, object. Get really, really specific with your task uh, that you actually write down. I guess all I'll say about that, just because that language can be the difference between like, uh, you know, contact Bill and send an email to Bill Je- Jenkins about the yeah. the Jeffrey's proposal. So or there's something. no question about what it's, you have to Because you're, you're an yeah. idiot. You are an idiot. You need to learn how to see yourself as a freaking idiot. It's screwing caps on bottles because that's what you're going to be at 2 p.m. in the afternoon, even if you don't have mo- only 90 minutes. Yeah. You know? um, stewarding your energy levels is such a big deal. Getting good sleep. Realizing, okay, coffee might be bad for you. Switch to tea. Getting exercise. Get, You've got to exercise. Another thing that we did here for a long time uh, and we still kind of try to keep to is we only, but before noon, we do publishable sh- only Sorry. yeah public publishable stuff only podcasts uh blog posts courses things like that things that are going to have an evergreen kind of nature then afternoon we we get an email and start time. talking to each other yeah. and take meetings and do interviews and things like that that's a big deal yep. um there's so many of that productivity tip trick hack energy ma- management sort of stuff and it really, none of it is as big of a deal to me as someone who's gone through this and struggled with this so much. None of it is as important as that idea of staying close to your customer that you're making your thing for because they are, they can be, unless you're making, you know, unless you're just, you're your own guide. You're saying, I'm going to go into the darkness. I'm going to come back with whatever I come back with, yep. you know, then, okay, go travel and go do whatever you need to do. But um, if you're making something that you want to be a small success, 
which I think is what something you should aim for because you're capable of doing it. Stay close to your customer. Really, really, really become fluent in their problems so that you can create an actual solution for them. I think that'll keep you on track so much more than you think than any of these other things that are that are cute and good and, and we all love a tip and trick you know where, we, Boy, where do it we. doesn't belong but but there's a difference between lust and love people that's right i have been chase wardman reeves i've been corbett frittering time away bar i've been Caleb logic no 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 little name Caleb. no no he's he like can't no, go he back stole, and he stole it. my thunder with uh, <laughs> he stole your he stole your thunder with fritter that's the name of our novel So there you have it. What do you think? Did you tell the difference between uh, when we're in the room together and when we're all sort of separate on Skype? I like to read an iTunes review each week, so here's one from Budgety with like four Ys. I never laughed so hard while being totally enlightened. Five stars. Love you guys. Everything about your banter and no BS knowledge is refreshing and addictive. I especially like how you're in the know of so many great resources. Keep dropping those as examples as they really help me learn. Thanks, Budgety. Really appreciate that. The names you people choose in iTunes always astound me. Uh, I want to ask you, could you leave us an iTunes review? Is that something that that you'd be open to doing? Just open up the iTunes store, search for the show, and click write a review. If you like it, maybe do it. It helps us out. We'd love to hear your voice there. Fizzleshow.co slash 53 is where you can find show notes for this episode. Okay, notes on everything, including that great article from Merlin Mann uh, on priorities, as well as a great article on the difference between beer and coffee for creative and sort of widget-style work. You're going to like it. Listen, the talk and the reading and the dreaming isn't going to build your business. You are. Your work will. And you're on the right track, and you're not alone. So find care, take care, serve hard, and dig in. Thanks. I'll talk to you next Fizzle Friday.